Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone and welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 329 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me again this week, your friend and mine, the author of The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the Cincinnati Reds, it's Chris Garber. How are you, Chris? I am fantastic, thank you. I think the last time that you and I got together on the podcast, it was a, a little bit of a downer in some ways. I mean, dark, we, we dark we, night. Yeah, yeah. We usually have a good time on these, but uh, you know, there was a time when we were both kind of pessimistic that we'd ever have a baseball season. And uh, are you feeling better about that now? I I'm feeling better about the fact that they're going to play baseball. Yes, they will play some baseball. I imagine we we don't know how it's going to end up, but uh, looking now like we are going to. Play some baseball. So let's get into that. We had a tweet from Bob Nightingale, USA Today, on uh, a few days ago here, earlier this week. Basically said... Senior Nightingale? Senior Nightingale, yes. Uh, Not Junior, who's a a fine beat reporter for the Cincinnati Inquirer, but Bob Nightingale tweeted out that MLB and MLBPA continue to exchange ideas with the health and safety protocols, no major snags. The union already informed MLB that it plans to play... It would be in spring training camps by July 1 with a 60-game 60, 60 season starting July 24th through 26th weekend. Later that evening, Major League Baseball released a statement. All-time greatest commissioner of baseball Rob Manfred announced today that Major League Baseball anticipates beginning its 2020 regular season approximately one month from today on July 23rd to 24th. Uh, except Player associations accepted health and safety protocols. will report from tra- spring training July 1st. Uh, we're working with public health experts. MLB submitted a 60-game regular season schedule for review by the Players Association. It'll largely feature division play with the remaining portion of each club's games against their opposite league's corresponding geographical division in order to mitigate travel. Commissioner Manfred said, Major League Baseball is thrilled to announce that the 2020 season is on the horizon. We have provided the Players Association with a schedule to play 60 games and are excited to provide our great fans with baseball, capital B, baseball, again soon. Oh, Rob Manfred, we love you. Manfred Man's Earth Band. <laughs> so essentially what's happened looks is that they couldn't come to any kind of real agreement. And so baseball says, all right, we're going to play. And players said, when and where? I mean, is that is that what you take from this? Yeah, I think so. And it, it's, you know, I was trying to explain it to my son tonight on the way back from his ball game. And I think the players got what seemed to be most important to them, which was adhering to this uh, per diem agreement that they'd worked out in March where they get pro, you know, whatever they get paid per the game, right? Full salary per game. But I think they, they left a lot on the table in terms of other money and other things that could happen and potentially even playing more games and making more money. So I guess we call that a win-win. I guess, and, and what you're talking about, I think, if I understand correctly, I think I agree with you, is that you know they could have gotten maybe a greater share of playoff money or more games, uh, possibly. I don't know how many more games they could have gotten out of it, but certainly there were some that were on the table. And they, they, they gave up some of these things in order to, I guess, preserve their right to file a grievance uh, with Major League Baseball. Is that, that fair? Yeah, yeah. I think that's, I think, I think that's right. I mean, I, I think it was more important for them to, have, to, to stand strong on the principle of sticking to the March agreement. But, um, you know, the, the idea of this grievance, I mean, I, I'm no lawyer, but uh, Trevor Bauer, 
you know, he seemed to kind of poo poo the idea, the grievance that, that this is not some pot of money that the players are going to collect. Uh, and, and I tend, I think I tend to agree with them. I feel like they, the grievance I think would be predicated on the owners not playing as many games as they could, could have. They're, you know, trying to shortchange the players. Is that, I think right. the idea yeah. more or less. Sure. Yeah. Not so, making best efforts to play as many games as possible. I think is what the March agreement said. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, with the back and forth and the back and forth and the back and forth, I, I don't see how they could play a whole lot more than 60 games. I think the argument that they need to knock it off the end of September and start the postseason is pretty persuasive. So I think they base I mean, their argument on the fact that we could have agreed on exactly what we did here, you know, a month ago, but major league baseball kept coming back to us with the exact same offer several times. But again, it's a, it's a kind of a crapshoot. Not really. I mean, when you're talking about agreements, but they could, they could win agreements, but how much they get out of it, you know, they did seem to put a lot of uh, stock in the possibility of uh, being able to file this grievance. And I don't know, I think maybe both sides can claim victory here, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't, I don't know. I mean, if you have to stay married to somebody, putting all your eggs in the I'm going to win the next argument basket may not be the best long-term strategy. Right. You know, and we got to talk about it. at the end of 2021 season, obviously the collective bargaining agreement is going to be back up for negotiation. And I don't want to get too deep into that obviously right now, but does this to you as it does me a preview, a really nasty uh, CBA negotiation? Sure. Seems like it. Seems like it. Yeah. Okay, so 60 games and the playoffs is the plan. Now, let's uh, run through some of the particulars of that. And uh, I'm going to basically use... Uh, Mark Sheldon had a, a Q&A at uh, MLB.com. Can't read it. Can't read it. Can't read it? He blocked me on Twitter. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Well, in I'm like not... 2006. <laughs> well, in, in Mark's defense, you were a pretty big jerk on Twitter in 2006. Fair. <laughs> so when will, he has a series of questions let's let's go through those and that'll give us an idea about what the what the plan is when will camp start and where july 1st now the reds are going to hold workouts locally at great american ballpark and they're also going to have uh they're finalizing plans to use a two-field facility at uh, the corporate campus of prasco laboratories there out there in mason <laughs> what <laughs> Well, Prasco Laboratories has a major league caliber complex. I'm going to tell you that the answer I is want yes. To work there. <laughs> the answer is yes. Years ago, Prasco Park. Years ago, my son uh, attended a Jay Bruce baseball camp out there, and it's a really great facility, and certainly uh, good enough to uh, for for big leaguers to train at. And so I think that that they're going to have even it's going to be a sixty. There's going to be a 60-man roster, essentially. And so half will work out, and half will be on the taxi squad. And so, uh, but but it's really a nice facility. Let me tell you a little story well, about that this. That looks nice, yeah. Yeah, it really is. On, on the uh, Google Google map. Yeah. it's It sounds, finalizing plans to use a two-field facility at the corporate campus of Prasco Laboratories. That sounds ridiculous. But this place really is pretty nice. The one, the, one, the one looks like it's an AstroTurf field. Yeah, one is uh, is artificial. And uh, I don't know. That's a pretty good place. Now, my son was, uh, he was like seven, six maybe at this camp. And uh, they put you in teams, you know, and they go around and play. And Jay Bruce would come around and he'd pitch 
for uh, every team. So every player got to play with Jay Bruce. And, you know, a bunch of other Reds with it. Drew Stubbs and some of the Scott Rowland showed up. Uh, it was a cool thing for the kids. And uh, they moved the kids around. It didn't matter what position. You, I mean, you're seven years old. What position do you play anyway? So my son was evidently playing first base in one game. And he talks about this to this day. He made a diving catch and then flipped it to Bruce, who was covering first. And Bruce picked him up and, you know, oh, great play. And I mean, my son, you know, is pretty great is uh, just uh, became a teenager not too long ago. And he still just it it was Jay Bruce is his hero because he was he was great to him. So affable Jay Bruce. Thank you. I had to tell that story. I I thought you were going to the story was going to be that Jay wasn't covering first. And your son just like (laughs) lit him up, chewed him out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My son's not quite that bold. No. But uh, that was a fun little camp for the kids. That's a fantastic story. Yeah. What is that Presco Park? I'm looking. The, the field dimensions look very uh, quirky. Oh, I, I is is that designed to replicate some park? You know, I think it was rep- designed to replicate the orig- original Presco Laboratories field <laughs> from 19 or from uh, 1894. Uh, yeah. No, I have no idea. But, uh, All right. Well, if you want to sneak in to sneak in there and get some uh, corporate secrets <laughs> and uh, baseball intelligence, yeah, folks, that's right. The address is sixty-one twenty-five Commerce Court in Mason, Ohio. Yeah. Steal some IP secrets and watch some good luck. Watch some you. baseball. Yeah, absolutely. So like there's a ketchup the ketchup factory next door. Oh man, it's getting better all the time. A ketchup factory. Wait, what kind of ketchup? Kraft Heinz. Giant warehouse. Ooh, nice. Sorry, I just dreaming about the ketchup factory. <laughs> Thinking about applying. I'm just gonna drop. I'm just gonna drop a whole bunch of resumes down there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so opening day. When is opening day? After a three week camp, it's gonna be either July 23rd or 24th. Final schedule not released. Unclear yet if the Reds will keep their oldest team in baseball tradition of opening at home. Surely they're gonna let the Reds open at home, don't you think? I, I would hope, but you know they probably have like seven thousand other things to keep in mind of this this schedule. Yeah, just actually making the schedule, just actually get figuring out a schedule is going to be primary because that's not easy to do. I guess maybe with all these, you know, these these computers these days, they can do things like that. Oh, artificial intelligence! Oh, tell me about it. Great cryptocurrency. <laughs> exactly. Oh, do you think that uh, you can only only. No fans, I guess, especially uh, early on. But uh, you think you can get in if you uh, if you use Bitcoin? I think so. I think so. I think that's how it works. Now I want to get your opinion on this. The schedule is going to be the Reds are going to play uh, again. This is not actually official, I don't think yet, but this is the the plan as as I understand it. I think it's still pending approval from the Players Association. But the teams would have forty games versus their National League Central division rivals. So I guess that's 10 each against the the Brewers, Cardinals, Cubs, and Pirates. That's the math the works. Yeah. So, and then uh, the remaining 20 games would be against the American League Central teams. Uh, seems to me that's a, that's a, could be a big deal in a short season like this uh, to, to be playing against the American League Central because that's not the strongest division. At least last year was the weakest division in the American League. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Who knows if it, because, again, it's such a crapshoot with 60 games, but I don't know, it seems like a little tiny edge to the, the teams of the National League Central, don't you think? I think so. I'm still not, like, entirely sure who is, uh, who you know, who's supposed to be good or whatever. 
Um, but yeah, I think I think it's better than playing the AL East. Yeah. Or the N- or the NL West. Right. But so. but bigger. I mean, it just blows my mind that that they're going to have play wild cards that are pulled from divisions who play zero common opponents. Yeah, the Reds are not going to play the Dodgers at all. And the Reds aren't going to play anyone that the Dodgers play. And the <laughs> Dodgers are not going to play anyone that the Reds play. They're in completely separate leagues. Yeah, and be... yet the standings are going to be pulled for, at the end based on who has the best record in the league that they're in. I guess we have to accept the the insanity just to get some baseball, but it's really it's not a level playing field at all, and it seems like no, the Reds may benefit no. from that. I think so. I, I think. I mean, I think I think for once the divisions are not wildly out of whack. You know, every every division's kind of got a good team or two and a decent yeah. team or two and a bad team or two. Like it's not like one t- division has four or five really good teams or one division has one team and a bunch of chumps. Uh, although maybe the NL West is like that. I don't know. Yeah. You know, what's uh, going to be interesting though, is there's that 60 games because crazy things happen in 60 games. I mean, I, you know, I don't, I, I should have looked it up, but the, the nationals after 60 games last year, there's mm-hmm. no way they're making the playoffs. And they go on to win the World Series. So we could see somebody crazy make the team and see some good teams not make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I did that a couple of weeks ago. I looked at like the, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, this is what happened in the first 60 games. And I just thought it'd be interesting to look at the, I don't know if I looked at the last 60 games or I looked at the 60 games starting on July 23rd, which is probably the same thing. And, uh, you know, pretty different. There's probably three or four teams in each league who made the playoffs under one that didn't make it under the other. Well, that's I think cr- the Reds would have made the playoffs, I think. Uh, la- yeah, here it is. Last year, if the season had started on July 19th, the Reds would have made the playoffs. <laughs> and it's not like they were really, really good. Yeah, good enough. But they were good enough to make the last playoff spot in the National League. I know that everybody is always about, like, uh, baseball, the long season's what makes it the best the, – the- cream rises to the top and I love that about the baseball as well but I'm also kind of in for a little bit of insanity you know every game's going to be more important and uh you wonder if it's going to change the way managers manage I don't know we'll have to wait and see but yeah I mean yeah I read something the other day it's just basically like just throw every just throw out everything you expect everything you know and enjoy this for what it's going to be I think that's the only way to approach this yeah. I just like the fact that it's happening when the Reds are expected to at least have a competitive team. So. Yeah, yeah. And I should say that I, I had that wrong. That would have been if there was an eight-team playoff or eight playoff teams in the National right. League. And, the, the things I, I went through. Yeah, and that was something that had been proposed, but we are it's, it's the same playoff system this year, right? Correct. Yeah, okay. so not an expanded so playoff. what, five teams per league? Yes. Uh, one, two, three, well. Two, two wild cards? Two wild cards. Yes. One, two, three, four, five. That, that equals five. We're, the, was, we're getting there. I was told there would be no math. So, you know, the Reds are, are in the mix, and I like that. That's the way it was going to be for a 162-game season as well. One thing that's good is that uh, Eugenio Suarez and Nick Senzel are both uh, – you got to think just about everyone is healthy, you know, in I the would best shape think. of their life. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe they're not in the best shape of their life because they may have been doing what I did during the quarantine, which is drink beer and eat food. <laughs> right. But but they're not injured. Exactly. So Sinzel's yeah. going to be on the field. Suarez is going to be on the field. So that's good. Um, now, the one thing that is uh, uh, just for this year, not agreed on for next year because they didn't reach that agreement, but for this year, there is going to be a designated hitter in the National League. I hate this. I understand the arguments for it, and they're good arguments. I hate the designated hitter, but I like the fact that it's not going to be here next year. It will be here after the next collective bargaining agreement. I'm fighting a lost cause on that one, but who's the DH for the Reds? There's one guy that well, I think is the mo- is most obvious. You, do you want to guess? Freddie Galvis. Freddie Galvis is playing all 60 games at shortstop, hitting second. So who 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 do you think is the DH of this club? I think this, Nick Castellanos makes the most sense, don't you? Yeah, I think so. That's where, that's where my head was. I mean, my, my guess is I think they're going to rotate it around, especially with very few, uh, you know, very few play, days off. So I think Joey Votto is going to do it once a week, and I think Castellanos is going to do it once a week, and so forth and so forth. Yeah, no, I think that a lot of people have talked to the Reds, are, and I think they're right. The Reds are pretty well set up for the DH because I mean, you got guys like uh, Aristides Aquino, you know, put him in there occasionally. Jesse Winker, even who's not a, not a defensive gem. So, uh, yeah, I think the Reds are likely to have a pretty good DH just about every day. And I, I agree with you on Vado. Instead of giving him a day off now, he and he was going to need more days off because you know he's he's aged. I think he's sixty three years old. Yeah, so he was going to need some days off, but uh, instead he can just hit, and that's what sure. Joey Votto does best. Mm. He walks. He does walk too much. Oh man, we're getting to the point where we can actually not make, paid to walk. We can make jokes about Joey Votto walking and an actual oh. baseball rather than what have we been doing for the last six months. I was thinking, uh, yeah, you know, I was thinking tonight that we haven't heard in a quite some while. I guess we won't hear it. Oh my goodness, I know what you're going to say. I think we're not going to hear any woo. <laughs> oh, that wasn't where I thought you were going to go. <laughs> There's not really any woos. Well, let me tell you, I watched uh, some uh, European football yesterday is that like where the guys wear like tank tops and they jump up in the air and they hit hit it with their hands so ever so often <laughs> no but i wish it were that's what it were oh it's australian australian, oh, australian rules yeah uh, now i watched uh, the tottenham hotspur versus west ham and uh tottenham two nil victory what are those things well they're are those teams they're teams in uh, the premier league uh, soccer league there's a team called ham west ham i presume there's like an east Canadian ham somewhere bacon? I don't know. But anyway, I was watching the game and, and I didn't, I hadn't read a whole lot. I'd read a little bit, but I, so I knew they were doing this, but I didn't really notice that I was watching the game. And at some point in the, in the first half, I was thinking, wait a minute, there are no fans in the stands, but they were piping in. I don't know if it was just on the television. I don't know how it was, but <laughs> it sounded, and they had somebody on a mixer somewhere. Every time that, you know, a team would make a run towards the goal, the team would start cheering more and they were singing the same songs they sing and it. It sounded exactly oh, like a regular game. Oh, my God. So you're telling me that somewhere in Fox Sports Ohio's uh, servers, they've got audio of Dwayne. Yes. I think we may hear the woo. That will be the, one of my favorite things that happens this year. I guess <laughs> they should just throw it in every so often. You yeah. know, like the... Random. Hit the woo button. Yeah. You know, it's always good advice to hit the woo button. Indeed. <laughs> so I'll be interested to see if they do that because actually it made the viewing experience of the, the, the soccer game. There was no difference to me watching from, you know, hundreds of thousands of miles away. 
hundreds or thousands, not hundreds of thousands. But uh, it was exactly the same as it was uh, regularly. I, I, well, you know, I mean, there's no, there's no mistake why pro golf has had fake bird sounds piped in from time to time. There's no mistake. I'm going to probably ruin a lot of people's experience right now, but when uh, Fonzie would come out and all that cheering, some of that was, yes, a live studio audience, but it was also pre-recorded sometimes the laughs and the cheers and the whistles. <laughs> you're, and there, you're, you're, there's, you're breaking my heart, man. That's not true. Is it? Yeah, it's true. It's true. But, uh, you know, there's a reason they do that. It, it adds to the effect. And even when you know it's fake, your, your mind still, you know, reacts to it. So I hope that there are, you know, all the, the crowd sounds are piped in. I hope there's, and I hope they play them loud in the stadium so that the, yeah. the players can get a little bit of that too. And they hear crowd noises and they hear a, a hot dog vendor and they hear a, a woo, a, yeah, a drunken idiot. And... <laughs> you know, I, I, I would have been skeptical, but it really worked uh, on the, on the soccer broadcast. So I don't know, but I'm a little upset about this. Uh, what you're telling me about uh, the Fonz, you know, I, I thought, you know, I was just laughing because Potsy was funny, not because everybody was encouraging me to laugh. Well, no, no, no. You, 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 you were laughing at the right time, but ah. they were reinforcing to you when the right time would be. 300... It's not just because Ralph Malf is talking. <laughs> 329 episodes, and I think that's the first dimensions of Potsy and Ralph Malf on the podcast. My, my. We keep uh, breaking new ground. Okay, the rosters. Each club's going to have a 30-man roster for the first two weeks. That's called the Philip Irvin rule. 28 for the next two weeks, and then 26 for the remainder of the season. If you remember, it was going to be 26 anyway in uh, in 2020. So a 30-man roster. Now, teams are going to have lists of 60 players. By Sunday, they have to have their list of 60 players eligible to play this year. And we've got a question about that later, but it's going to be interesting to see who they put on that list of 60 players. It's going to be the 40-man roster plus a taxi squad of 20 players. And basically those guys could, uh, you know, they'll, they'll keep training out there at, uh, you know, the laboratory, the Reds laboratory. And it'll be interesting to see who they choose to keep. And those guys could, you know, be brought onto and off the Major League roster at any time. It's going to make a lot of... Make a lot, I imagine there's going to be a lot of transactions. I expect to see a lot of relief pitchers being shifted in and out uh, since it's a lot easier to do than shifting them from Louisville to here. So, Anyway, any thoughts on the, the roster? 30 man for the first two weeks, 28 for the next two weeks, 26 for the remainder of the season. Yeah, you know, I, I've been wondering about this taxi squad thing. I, I've, got a, I've got a lot of changes or questions, and I don't know. Um, is it like 20 guys – or like, do they have to pick the 60 now or, you know, in a month and it's set and what happens if a lot of guys on the, of the 60 get hurt or they run out of catchers oh, or can they change the, the 60 you're saying at some point? Yeah. Or, or... Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm wondering. Is it, is it like a 60 and that's the, the number for the year or cause I heard somewhere that some, uh, minor league teams, clubs, stadiums are going to kind of run their own micro leagues. Did you hear this? I hadn't heard that. I heard about some independent leagues running. Well, I guess they would be independent leagues. They, but I heard like the Nashville Sounds was the one that I heard. Uh, yeah, right. Mentioned today, and it sounds like they're going to run, operate basically as an independent league, 
and have, you know, kind of fringy guys. And if a team needs them, then they'll, they'll sell the player to the major leagues for a feed. It's like a, an independent ball team would. Yeah, I, I did see that. It'd be interesting. I guess, I guess you can make changes to the 60. I, you have to have but the 60. And like I said, by uh, Sunday of this week, but okay. I, but surely you can change it at some I mean, point. The, the Sheldon article says teams will submit lists of players eligible to play in 2020. Hmm. So I don't know if, if, and I don't know, are, are those, uh, those 20 guys going to just hang out at that, uh, corporate headquarters <laughs> eating all the ketchup they can get their hands on <laughs> like a, like an like old sports center commercial with a bunch of guys walking through the offices and like sitting in the cafeteria and <laughs> they right. all get cubicles during the day. And <laughs> yes. Yes. Working for Prasco laboratories. They're like that old Simpsons episode uh, where they're working at the plant. Oh, right. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, the next question about this is, and I want to uh, relate this to a, a viewer mail question that we got. The first viewer mail question for the night is from Sydney Price. Uh, Sydney, a supporter at patreon.com slash redlegradio, where you can support the podcast and also get your questions answered in the viewer mail segment. Sydney's first question, do you think Hunter Green will make the taxi squad? And the reason why that's an interesting question is these are 20 players who are not on the 40-man that you don't have to put on the 40-man. So are the Reds going to pick some minor league guys who uh, will be on that taxi squad? Uh, and guys I'm thinking of specifically are guys that are really close to the big leagues, like Nick Lodolo, last year's number one pick, and uh, Tyler Stevenson, former number one pick. Who Both of those guys are really close to the big leagues, you would think. Seems to me uh, you might want to bring those guys into this taxi squad, and, and maybe Hunter Green's one of those guys. I don't know. Can you imagine having Hunter Green and his 100-mile-an-hour fastball uh, as a reliever in the playoffs, for example? Man, I'm Hunter Green, Hunter Green posted a video on a Twitter of him throwing a bullpen or – to at least a, a live guy standing in the box about an hour ago. And uh, it looks like a video game, like when you've activated some sort of superpower. Well, I'm blocked by Hunter Green, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> Are you really? No, I'm not. Oh, no. thought you guys made peace. <laughs> we did make peace. But he looks like he's throwing at 150 miles an hour. It looks like there should be like fire coming out of the back of the baseball and stuff. So, yes, put him on the taxi squad, the Greyhound squad. The Barney Miller squad, whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, no, I, th- I don't know if they will. But 60 players, and you get a chance to have these guys working out with the big league uh, staffs. I think you got to – I think Lodolo and Stevenson have to be automatic on that. And Hunter you Green – I, I would up put Hunter Green as well. I mean, you know Hunter Green is going to be if, – if there's two fe- purposes here. One is who might help the team this year, and two is what's the best way to develop them for long term. It would seem that having them in Cincinnati is the thing, and a pretty good opportunity to have them close by and I mean, just your elite prospects. Yeah, right? yeah, right. You know, and and I know that Hunter Green is more likely to be valuable during this season than anybody that pitched for the. Louisville bats last year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Now that's absolutely, uh, I think you know, questionably whatever, true. Insert, insert journeyman here. <laughs> right. I mean, in terms of pitchers, uh, Tony Santion's really the only guy or maybe Lucas Sims, but, um, but they're not Hunter green. Yeah. I just, uh, I don't know if they'll do it. And here's, here was Dick Williams reads, uh, 
president of baseball operations, Dick Williams, he said, our philosophical decision is to build that group, the, the taxi squad, the 20-man taxi squad, to support the team to win this year. Okay, that makes sense. If anything, we're leaning towards putting players at that alternate site who we know can come to the big leagues and help us win soon. We will make sure those needs are met first before prioritizing development. I think that's fine, but I don't know that there's 55 guys that can help the team this year in the Reds organization. Yeah, I mean, uh, do you want? I mean, I don't. Who who name a guy? I mean, they got rid. I'll, I'll say the the Reds did a good job last year of kind of shedding all the the journeymen off the roster. I mean, everybody was either a really good player or had a chance to be a pretty good player. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know if Matt Bowman's still in the organization, but is a guy like Matt Bowman going to be more valuable than than Hunter Green? Or, you know what I mean? If, yeah. if you're in the position where, if you're in a position where it's like, well, we got to have Matt Bowman out there, that's the kind of thing you do when you're playing 162 games. And you need those innings. And you need those innings. But if you're playing 60, man, it should be blue chips all the way. Yeah, I think there's really no excuse. For Lodolo and Stevenson, I think there's no excuse. And, and I think I would actually add Hunter Green to that. I'm not sure who else I would add in terms of prospects. But, because uh, I mean, are there any other like big-time prospects at the lower level? Lodolo and, and Gr- Stevenson, I think, were probably going to make their major debuts this year anyway. Or you could argue they would. We know the Reds don't always do that. But I don't see any reason. Sydney, you've talked me into it. I don't know any reason why Hunter Green should not be on that roster. I can't come up with any reason in my head that it makes logical sense not to have Hunter Green, especially given how much time he's already missed with the uh, surgery, not to have him on that roster. So let's just prepare to criticize the Reds when they don't do that. No, I think, I, I think they'll do it. Yeah, you know. Here's a guy, Josh Smith. He's on the 40-man roster. Yeah, that guy's going to be in camp because he's on the 40-man roster. And he's a perfectly acceptable Fine. guy. Cromulent as can be. He's completely cromulent. But he's not Hunter Green. He's never going to be Hunter Green. I don't know. Yeah, I, I might bring Hunter Green on uh, to the 40-man and just uh, put him at shortstop. There you go. Another Freddie Galvis comment coming from you there, buddy. Mm, Freddie. Good old Freddie. You know what? We can complain about Freddie Galvis until we're blue in the face, but my prediction is Francisco Lindor is playing in Cincinnati by August 1. You don't think that. Same prediction I would have made in February. Now I'm making it again. Do you really think that, or are you just trying to uh, You know, there's enough people, there were enough baseball owners crabbing and complaining about poverty and how they can't afford this, that, and the other thing, and maybe we shouldn't play at all. And I believe that the Indians have been known to say they didn't have any money. I'm not saying that their their owners are doing that now, but if they're tight on money, and the teams that are tight on money are even tighter, let's just go do them a, a solid, take that fella off their, off their hands. It's interesting. You know... Um... I have been concerned, and we've not talked about it a lot on the podcast yet, and I expect we will at some point. I've been concerned that what this uh, you know, COVID-related break is going to mean for the Reds, who are not a big money team. I, I think they've got enough money, and they've shown they were going to spend some money this year. And I worry what it's going to mean going forward for the Reds. And we've talked about this a little bit at our Patreon uh, Slack channel, but if the Reds would really be aggressive right now, they might be able to take advantage of some teams who 
the Indians are already trying to shed payroll. And you can't think it's any better after this break where they're not having games, you know, saying. not getting this revenue. So it, uh, to, to sort of support your point, maybe it's an opportunity to it's kind of moneyball it. Well, you know, there, there's the concept in, in poker where you call pot committed, where you you got so much of your, of your remaining stack on the table already that you kind of have to follow through and play the hand out. And if you have to, if you have to raise more than you expected, you have to raise. And uh, maybe that's the situation here. I mean, they went all in. They did. And, and now they have to go all in more if they, if they possibly can, because the payout is going to be so much greater. You know I mean? Like that, the marginal value of Francisco Lindor. Oh yeah. Great point. You know, let's go do it. And, and you don't have to pay him that much. I mean, I don't know what the prospect cost is going to be. But you're you're talking about the, the trade deadline's August 1st that's this year. And so you get, for the majority of the season, Francisco Lindor. And let me just tell you something. If the Reds win a World Series in this crazy year, they're hanging a stupid banner. I'm counting it. <laughs> they're, they're hanging a banner. Rings. They're not going to get, you know, one-third of a ring. Exactly. Flags fly forever. And yeah, then, I... I don't, you know what, this is, this, this makes up for 1981. <laughs> exactly. You're right. It's the 1981. In 1994. <laughs> right. No, for real. Think about how, if the Reds were to win the World Series this year, we, we somehow get through the year and we're not talking about the health concerns right now because those are very real and, and you know, we don't know what's going to happen. No one knows what's going to happen. But if the Reds were to somehow come at us with the World Series, it completely changes this organization in some ways. You know, they're, they're, they're all of a sudden a destination, maybe, you know, they're, they're, it's, it, and it's really possible in this crazy year because they're going to be in the mix. So if you were going to go all in quote unquote, I think you're right. I hadn't thought about that in those terms, but why not go more all in, but you know, it's Cincinnati. We'll take a bad beat on the river and that'd be it. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, again, it's not my money, but I, I, I have, I have said before that there are opportunities in in crisis situations that if you have kept powder dry and can do it in those situations you know that you can you can make up a lot of ground yeah it'll take some courage on the part of ownership you know to to pull that trigger but man there may be some opportunities never let a crisis go to waste say our politicians it's true so now, uh, players are allowed to not play because of personal or health concerns, and I think they will still get service time. Is that the way you understand it? I think that sounds right, yeah. The Reds have not had anyone at this point, as of press time, telling us that uh, they're not going to play. And that includes Tucker Barnhart, whose wife is entering her ninth month of pregnancy. And he specifically said, I'm playing. Well, good for Tucker and Mrs. Barnhart. Absolutely. Good for them. Um, stay safe. And, and I like, there was a quote from Tucker that I thought was really good. I hope that getting out and playing will kind of mask some of the bruises that the game as a whole has taken over the last few months. And I mention that only because, man, this game has taken a beating recently. And do you think it's all going to be forgiven? Hmm. Uh, you know what? It depends on where you live. It depends on what your team does this year. 
You know, I think if you're, if we play this out and we're in Cincinnati and the Reds win the World Series, yeah, it's all forgiven. That's actually true. And I will forgive it. And you and I were, we were on here moaning last time. Oh boy, we were complaining. But, uh, no, I think, I think, uh, I think it's, I think the damage is done in a lot of places. I think that people are checked out and it's going to be hard to get them to check back in for a, uh, a, a goofy season, an asterisk full season. So I do think the damage is done in a lot of places. Yeah, maybe. It'll be they got to wear it. They got to wear it. Yeah, well, they they did it, but here I've got it. Um, players have the option of opting out of the season. If a player or someone who lives with them is considered high risk or is pregnant, then they can opt out and still be paid and get their service time. If a player is not considered high risk or don't have someone living with them, with them who is pregnant or considered high risk, they can still opt out but would not be paid. That's I don't know how you determine who's high risk or not, but um, that's what I see here. So now here's what I want to ask you because you and I uh, we have almost nothing in common, Chris Garber. Mm-mm. But one thing we have in common is our kids play a little bit of of, uh, of the travel baseball, and this is a rule that we play in uh, in our in our terms. I assume they have it in yours as well. It's coming to the big leagues in 2020. When games reach extra innings, the inning will begin with a runner on second base. Just in the regular season, not the postseason, but when you get to the 10th inning, the inning begins with a runner on second base. Now, I presume you you're, you all play with that uh, in your... We we haven't. They, what, they've, uh, really? In the, yeah, in the tournaments, what they've been doing is they just call it a tie. I wish they'd do that in, big, in the big leagues. Why not? Yeah, I, you know what? I think you're right. I, I think this is a goofy rule. I hate um, it. I, I do too, and and I joked around, but I'm actually dead serious. I would rather they remove a because po- I, I I'm not a fan of extra innings. Most of the time, it's kind of boring and and it uh, whatever. I'm, In the playoffs, maybe there's more attention, but yeah, yeah, right. You know, whatever. If it's a random day on June 18th, but uh, I would rather they remove a fielder every inning. I'm dead serious about this. I think it would be incredibly exciting. It's still the normal game of baseball, just harder. I love and it. If, if you like hockey over time, yeah. you know, why wouldn't you like this in baseball? So where, what play, who do you pull? Do you pull the, the, you know, the non-pull side, the third baseman? Or do you pull go with two outfielders? Who knows? Right. That's a lot more interesting than putting a guy on, third, on second who's going to get bunted to third. And then the infield comes in. I mean, it's just. I love your idea, though. Yeah. It's like kicking field goals. To My whole thing with uh, the DH is it's not much more strategy that it gives the NL, but it is some more strategy. It's more interesting to me when you decide to pull the pitcher. But with, with your idea here, gosh, do you, do you take out your worst fielder? Well, sometimes right. that's going to be your best hitter, you know, and you may need him in the next inning. It's, it, it's, uh, it's uh, a. I'm telling you that you need to do it. Yeah, let's do that. Well, you know, my, my son has played the, the baseball tournaments where they they do that in the extra innings. My daughter's played softball where they do that. I like it during those tournaments because it means the game's probably going to be over quicker and I can go home. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't like the rule in general. But it is what it is. We're getting it. Uh, and I wonder if it's a preview to getting it full-time at some point after the next CBA. All right. What other rules are coming around here that we need to talk about? Uh, MLB has the power to move a team during the season to a neutral site or city if needed. And that also goes for the playoffs. 
What is a neutral site? I mean, I know Switzerland's a neutral country. <laughs> I was going to say Switzerland. You beat me is, to is it. There, is there an American city that we would classify as a neutral city? I can't imagine. Like Indi- what I got Indianapolis. Is that it? Eh, maybe. That's okay. Fans are not there. Bland, Who cares? Bland, I guess, is what I meant. Really, <laughs> it's pretty neutral. <laughs> oh mercy! Sorry. Love, love you, Indianapolis natives. Love it. Argue, Hi, Julie. <laughs> arguing with an umpire. If you come within six feet of an umpire to argue, you're going to be ejected immediately and face a possible suspension. Fighting will result in an automatic ejection. I think it already did. What? That's new? <laughs> that's not new. Yeah, I see that, but that's not really new. And here we go. Here's the worst one. This is what really makes me not even want to watch. No bare feet. <laughs> what makes me not even want to watch is players are not allowed to spit. Oh, come on. It's not even baseball. This is in America. <laughs> Communists. <laughs> Stinking communists. Get out of here with that. So that's pretty much... Pretty much what it is. So I don't know. That was a tough one. That was a tough one when the the, the kid travel baseball season started back up. Was the uh, no no uh, sunflower seeds rule was pretty rough oh. for a while. Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't really think yeah, about that. I didn't either. And then they're like, I'm like, oh yeah, I shouldn't shove my hand in my mouth and spit all over the place. Okay, okay. <laughs> that's probably probably good advice. Fair enough. Right. Yeah, we can live with that. Now, let me ask you: Are they doing uh, what about like the dugout in your all's leagues? You're in Ohio. We're in Ohio, so it, it's it, everything is completely different from from ballpark to ballpark, city to city, uh, night to night. Honestly, and you kind of get prepared for what you're going to do. All the kids have, uh, you know, kind of the 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 buff that they pull up over their mouth is kind of a a mask when they're kind of in close quarters. And some teams are better than that than others. Um, some places you're not even allowed to be in the dugout. All the kids have to be spread out down the fence. Some places. There's really nothing different about it. Um, sometimes you use your own baseballs, like the right. the pitching team takes their baseballs back to the dugout after they're done, and the the other team brings their own baseballs out. Um, a couple we we were in one tournament where the umpires work the plate from behind the mound, which was different. Yeah, but that's fine. It's all I'm taking all. It's all a blessing. It's all just great. Yeah, at least we get to play. I let the kids play so. Everything, you know, we're playing games here, there, and everywhere against whoever is willing to play us and has a field to play on. You know, it's so different than uh, what we have in Virginia, which is there's no, there's nothing, nothing going on. And oh, yeah, it's, it's bad for the kids. Um, but you know, it, it, the high school level, you can, you have just this week, we're allowed to resume workouts, but like, you know, football and basketball, you can't use the same ball, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And uh, so obviously baseball, you can't because the pitcher and catcher can't touch the same ball. And, you know, I mean, whatever it is, what it is. I'm not going to get into the efficacy of uh, any of this, but um, I don't know how we work our way through this is going to be interesting and, and how Major League Baseball decides to manage some of these uh, risks, especially in different states, which have different rules. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. If Virginia had a baseball team, they couldn't work out in base in Virginia because the pitcher and catcher can't touch the same ball. Well, that makes it difficult. I mean, look, I I watched quite a few pitchers on my son's games where that wasn't that big of a risk that the catcher touching the ball the th- pitcher threw. <laughs> Reminds me of my own pitching career. <laughs> you pick it up because you had to pick it up off the backstop and throw it back to the mound, or yeah. the... hit the backstop and make the uh, pitcher go pick it up. Yeah, there you go. 
All right, Chris, you want to answer some viewer mail questions and then viewer we'll get mail. out of here. Let's hear from the viewers. Hash Brown viewer mail. These questions come from our friends and neighbors at patreon.com slash redlegradio, where you too can support the podcast and also ask viewer mail questions and get them answered. Joe Farsing, always in with the first question, because he likes hearing his name mentioned That's on horrible. the podcast. Yeah. Farsing. Before we do that, actually, I need to I need to say, we I got a couple that are overdue here. To give a thank you on the podcast for supporting us at uh, Red Leg Nation. Patreon.com slash Red Leg Radio. First of those is Risto Neely. Risto Neely, who we have a like question that. from later. But now our common thing is uh, with Risto, uh, we assign a position to each of these. If they were playing for our Red Leg Nation radio softball team, I guess. But Risto Neely. Uh, you know, I, I think he's a designated oh hitter. Oh, my God. I think he's a hard-hitting, power-hitting designated hitter for the 2020 Reds. Okay, so I, I had Risto as a um, pinch hitter for the 1983 Houston Astros. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It was a, it's an epic baseball card. <laughs> I don't know exactly what. I just know it would be cool. It would probably be the, one of the greatest baseball cards, yeah. Okay, I'm with you on that one. I'll be the other one. So, th- Risto, thank you so much. We got a question from you coming up here in a moment. Uh, thank you so much for supporting the podcast, and uh, we really appreciate it. Also, big thank you to uh, Sydney Price. Sydney, thank you so much for supporting us. Now, Sydney, what do you think uh, Sydney's position is here uh, on well, the, the Red Ignition Radio team? Sydney Price, I believe, is a graduate of the most prestigious secondary education institution in the United States, in Lynchburg High School. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, I believe. So, Sydney Price, third base. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I could see, I could see her at uh, third base. Um, yeah, in my mind, I was kind of thinking pitcher, but I was thinking bullpen. Yeah, that's where I was first, but I, I don't know. Yeah, let's go with third base. I think like a stable, um, like a solid defender at third. How about a left-handed third baseman? We don't see too many of those. Well, no, you don't. Um, I don't know. I was, I was thinking like a, like a, like a, yeah, that's probably fair. Left-handed third baseman. Yeah. Why just, not? Yeah. Someone who wants the plate uh, for a big uh, late inning rally. So anyways. Yeah. My, my son's a lefty and he plays, his only presence in the infield is at third base. So. Nice. My son plays third base as well, but he's a righty. I'm sorry. It's more natural for him. I apologize. I should, I should probably give a shout out to old Charlie tonight. Uh, he's, he's turning 12. On uh, the twenty sixth, so uh, today he becomes a man. I guess Is that <laughs> something right? like that. Yeah, something like know. that. Oh, Charlie, yeah. absolutely great kid. Uh, been happy to meet him and uh, good good ball player and uh, good luck in your, in your big big fourteen to four win tonight. Yes, yes, big big win by the Thunder. Outstanding job, Thunder. Sydney, thank you so much. Really appreciate you. I'll be in touch with you soon about uh, your other Patreon goodies that are coming. Now, viewer mail comes first one from Joe Farsing. Using the Simpsons characters, who plays the 2020 Reds? Bart has to play Votto, right? Uh, I don't see that. Go ahead. No, I've, no. I mean, it's it's really obvious who um, who plays Votto. <laughs> we all know. Who is it? Let's hear it. Lenny. <laughs> Lenny. <laughs> really? Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Um, well, let's run through a few others uh, quickly. We can't get through all of them, but uh, so you got Votto. You got um, let's see. Uh, Derek Dietrich has got to be Flanders, right? 
that mustache yes. he uh yes he yes. played last year flanders <laughs> flanders um who is uh let's see who's millhouse I don't know. I don't know about Millhouse. I don't know. Give me some players. Let me. You give okay, me the I'll player. And I'll give you the character. Let's go from that direction. Uh, let's go with. Uh, let's go with. Well, Freddie Galvis. How about Freddie Galvis? Doctor Hibbert. <laughs> Doctor Hibbert. Okay, I'm with that. I can deal with that. Eugenio Suarez. Now let me hear. I think Eugenio Suarez has got to be uh, has got to be Carl Carlson, right? Yes. Good call. <laughs> there we go. Jesse Winker. Mo Sislak. Okay, um, let's see who else we got. Uh, Nick Castellanos. Nick Castellanos, Principal Troy Skinner. McClure. Oh, okay. Uh, who'd you say? Troy McClure. Oh, I'm with you, Troy McClure. Okay, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Which means Principal Skinner is obviously a Mike Mustakas. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Clearly, right? Yes. Um, Tucker Tucker Barnhart. You know, I love Tucker, friend of the podcast, but he's Ralph Wiggum, right? <laughs> no. I, I was thinking Hans Molman. Okay, we'll give him Hans Molman. Hans Molman may that may be Joey Votto, actually. <laughs> Comic book guy. Uh Ray Knight. <laughs> Ray Knight is comic book guy. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um let's see here. Who else we got? Who am I missing? Shogo yes. Akiyama. Who you got there? Uh, Patty. <laughs> no way. That's exactly what I was going to say. Patty yeah. Bouvier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And one more. Pick one more. Uh, Luis Castillo. Uh, oh, I had this one too. Hold on a minute. Um, Luis Castillo. Well, while you're thinking, let me tell you one more that I've got. Freddie Galvis. That hair. He's got to be side, Sideshow Bob. But not Sideshow Mel. Not sideshow male because uh, Freddie Galvis doesn't have a bone in his hair. Yeah, I think uh, Luis Castillo is uh, Kearney. <laughs> Kearney, yes, I agree. <laughs> Luis Castillo. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that or not. Maybe he's more Helen Lovejoy. And and Gapper as the Capital City Goofball. <laughs> exactly. That may have been the most fun I've ever had on the Red Lake Nation Radio podcast. Thank you, Joe Farsing. Jordan Salisbury asks. What are your thoughts on the Reds' opponents this year, saying they will be only be playing NL and AL Central teams? In the last several years, AL Central, with the exclusion of the Indians and the 2019 Twins, were pretty bad teams. How do you think this will shake out for the Reds in a short season? Kind of already answered that. Um, I think it helps the, the Reds. I would do want to read your question, Jordan. I think it helps the Reds. I, mean, I don't see any way that it's bad for the Reds. You never know what's going to happen in a 60-game season, but there's no way to, to interpret that, that it's bad. Right? That fair? I think that's right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, the White Sox should be a, a pretty cool team, and I'm actually kind of looking forward to watching them play them. They're going to be pretty good, I think. Yeah, I think so. Ellis Farson asks at patreon.com slash radio. Like you too can ask. I have an answer to this question. I'm interested to see who you, who you say. Joey Votto hit over 400 in the second half of 2016. Which red in 2020 do you think could pull off the totally legitimate 60-game 400 season? I think there's one. I mean, obviously, other than Votto, I think there's oh, one easy okay, answer. Who do you who do you say? Um, you were going to say Votto. Yeah, I was going to say Votto. Yeah, but I mean, I've never seen how. I don't know that I've seen Jesse Winker get hot for an extended period of time. 
but I think he could do it, and I think he's a guy who would have a batting average that high if he got that hot. Yeah, Winker and Votto are two uh, really good answers to that question. I think Shogo Akiyama. Sure, why not? You know, sort of a singles-type hitter, whatever. Joe Farsing again. I don't know. We're going to short-circuit this one. but uh, he Asked can... and answered. <laughs> All-time Reds team if you were in a brawl or Donnybrook or Fracas. Oh, so like a guy from each position? I guess, but we're not going to do that. But who, who? tell me a couple guys you'd want. I want Kevin Mitchell. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Ted Klazuski. Ted Klazuski. Glenn Braggs. Puig. Oh, y'all see how Puig and, and Amir Garrett. We already Amir saw that. Amir Garrett. Yeah. Uh, uh, Pedro Borbone. <laughs> Clearly Pedro Borbone. You know, I, I, I watched, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, uh, Claudel Washington died. I saw that. And, yes. and that m- made me go back and watch the infamous uh, Mario Soto, Claudel Washington fight from like 1983, I think it was. Yeah, insanity. Yeah, and I, I say Mario Soto, but he kind of he kind of punked out in that fight. That wasn't my favorite Mario Soto moment. No, he whipped the baseball at Claudel Washington when he so so Washington home run homered, and and Soto. Knocked him down the next time, and then the third time up, Washington threw the bat back at Soto, and then looked down at his hands like, "Oh gosh, how's you know somebody should have told Judge Smales he needed some stickum." <laughs> and uh, yeah, he charged him out, and Soto really kind of punked out. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I'll say this in uh, <laughs> sort of. Uh, Following up on last week's podcast, if you haven't listened to last week's podcast, it was uh, my brother and I, my youngest brother. I've got uh, three younger brothers, but my youngest brother came on. We, If you haven't listened, you should go listen to it. It was a fun podcast, and we got great feedback, more feedback than we've ever gotten from a podcast with my brother, Nate. But we, I have, as I said, I have three younger brothers. One of them is a Braves fan, and I'm sorry to admit that, but it was the one that's closest to me in age. And, and we played one-on-one wiffle ball out in the, uh, in the front yard growing up, and... Every single time it would end up, we'd start getting mad at each other. And I would say, all right, I'm Mario Soto. And he'd say, all right, I'm Claudel Washington. (laughs) (laughs) And I would throw the wiffle ball at his head and he'd sling the bat at me and it would be on. (laughs) I bet that happened 15 times. And we still talk about it to this day. Yeah. So. Oh, man. So I I remember that. CBS, the Superstation. Well, you know, that's how you became a Braves fan is that uh, we got way more Braves games than we got Reds fans, Reds games at that time. So, all right, let's get through the rest of these viewer mail questions and then we'll check out. Dwight Kelly, Dwight Kelly, loyal supporter of Red Lake Nation, asks, Hi, Chris. Hi, Chad. Will you together be signing the Big 50 again after the pandemic subsides? I think it is worthy of a lecture and signing at the Mercantile Library in Cincinnati. They might have a different opinion about a sports book, but I don't care. It's high art to me. What say you? It would be great to meet you guys someday. I don't care where. That's awful nice of Dwight, wasn't it? I don't, yeah, I think we should read that again. Yes. Let's, oh my God, just, just rewind your podcast. <laughs> Hit that backwards 30-second button and yeah. listen to that again. Yeah. Then go buy the book. Dwight, I don't, if, if, they, if the library reaches out to us and asks us, we probably will show up because, you know, that's, we're, we don't care. But... Uh, uh, I don't want to, I mean, I have some overdue books. <laughs> there you go. So you got to be there anyway. Yeah. Uh, or maybe you don't want to show up because they, uh, yeah, they may grab you. Yeah. I have a Bobby Valentine mustache. <laughs> there you go. So, Dwight, I'm hopeful that if things ever get back to normal, 
that at some point we're going to have uh, some kind of an, a live podcast, and I'm going to really try to get Chris to uh, show up to that. And I know you recently moved back to the Cincinnati area, so I hope that at some point you're going to get a chance to meet us. But i got to warn you, not that exciting. This is not a live podcast? <laughs> it's live for us. It's, I thought this was going out to millions. <laughs> it is to millions of listeners worldwide. I mean viewers. Sydney's other question uh, Sydney Price, if you were to be a character in The Simpsons, what sort of a character would you want to be? I'm gonna say I'm gonna let you pick which character you want to be if you're uh, if you're on The Simpsons. Who you got? Lenny. <laughs> you love Lenny. Everyone loves Lenny. That's true. That's true. I'm gonna be Fat Tony. <laughs> I don't know why. All right, Hooper Powell. Hooper. Hooper. Yeah, your buddy Hooper. They're not booing. They're just saying Hooper. <laughs> With the softball-like rule and extra innings, do you see a guy like Billy Hamilton getting a job somewhere? Also, he has a movie question. I'll ask that next. But do you see a guy like Billy Hamilton getting a job somewhere? That actually could be a, a point where Billy Hamilton, of course, how many extra inning games are you going to have in 60 games? But he could be valuable. You just pinch run him. Yeah, I don't know how that yeah, – there's a lot of things like this you have to think through. Like and I, not being a big uh, – follower of the American League uh, you know what's what in a DH world is, is pinch running used more or is it used less I don't know but uh, I love yeah. Billy Hamilton I do I hope he gets a job somewhere love, love me some Billy Hamilton Cooper does second, he not have a job uh, you know he was with the Giants but I don't know if I haven't followed it I know I'm supposed to be the big world's biggest Billy Hamilton fan but I don't know well, I guess he'll be on somebody's 60 man roster surely um, his next question by, by Hooper Powell was, yay or nay on King of Staten Island? King of Staten Island is a film that was released uh, direct-to-video because of the uh, the current situation that stars Pete Davidson from uh, Saturday Night Live. Chris, I know you uh, watch everything that Pete Davidson does. Did you like King of Staten Island? You know, so it's funny. I was listening to the uh, Fresh Air podcast the other day. And uh, they had uh, Judd Apatow, the director of the Staten Island film, and and Pete Davidson on. And, you know, I I like that show. I think Terry Gross does a great job interviewing people and is really kind of finds a way to get to interesting things about all of them. It was the worst (laughs) interview I've ever heard in my whole life. I don't know what it was. It was brutal. It was so bad I turned it off and I was like, it couldn't have been that bad. I'm going to listen to it again. And it was worse. <laughs> it wasn't funny. It wasn't interesting. It weren't engaged. I was like, I'm out of this thing. And so from then on, I've, I've kind of curbed my uh, desire to see the King of Staten Island. Well, I really didn't have any desire to watch it. Although I like movies, and there are very few new ones to watch these days. And I like, I like funny things. I like Judd Apatow movies uh, in general. But uh, yeah, I've not seen it. Not seen it, Hooper, and uh, not sure I'm going to see it. I, maybe, I, maybe I will at some point if somebody tells me it's funny, but I don't know. Um, Hooper, let us know how it is. Absolutely. Let us know, Hooper. Last question from uh, tonight, because there's a third Joe Farsing question that I'm going to ignore. He's already had two. You're on mute, Joe. Yeah. From Risto Neely, our new That's contributor, a nice. uh, new supporter at patreon.com slash Radio. It's a little bit of a long one, but let me go ahead and run through this because I think it's important. Hey, Chad and Chris, rookie patron here. Just figured out how all this works. I left a comment and a question uh, a week or so ago, but I'll leave it here too. I thoroughly enjoy the conversational and numerous style of the podcast. He has a low... Hasn't listened to mine. (laughs) Yeah, he has a low bar for humor. 
clearly. You drew me in as a patron with your series, Building the Machine. That's pretty good. Yeah, that is good. It was a fun uh, series with uh, Bill Lack to uh, go back and look at the machine. But anyway, he says, I've been a Reds fan since I was a kid in 1959. I've always lived way out of market, having grown up in East Tennessee. Now, now, Risto, I need you to tell me where in East Tennessee, because I'm very familiar with uh, with Upper East Tennessee, and I need to know where you're talking about. Now I'm retired in North Florida and follow the Reds just as much as ever. As a person of my vintage, I was lucky enough to have witnessed the machine years firsthand and also the 60s at Crosley Field. Here's my question. Uh, which of the following songs makes the best flying song? This is kind of random, but, but there's a reason for it. Uh, hint, first defined flying, I guess. But here's four, four choices. Best flying song. High Flying Bird by Richie Havens. Eight Miles High by The Birds. If You Want to Be a Bird by the Holy Modal Rounders, and Tail Dragger by Link Ray. All recorded in the mid to late 60s, and here's the, here's the subtext. While in the U.S. Air Force in Vietnam, 1970-1973, our flight crew used to play one of these tunes, the same one, every mission over the, over the comm while pre-flighting the aircraft. And yes, it did get pretty nutty over there sometimes, but we did our jobs well. Rachel, thank you so much for your service. Uh, to the country, and that's a that's kind of a random uh, question, but I like it. Which of the following songs makes the best flying song? High Flying Bird by Richie Havens, Eight Miles High by the Birds, If You Want to Be a Bird by the Holy Modal Rounders, and Tail Dragger by Link Ray. Now, I'm, I'm going to sort of immediately gravitate towards Eight Miles High by the Birds, because the Birds, man, that's a great group. Do you have any thoughts on this question, Chris? It's uh... You know, um, this is an interesting one for me, and, and I'm, I'm not positive, but uh, my dad was in the Navy uh, just, just this, right before uh, Risto was over that way. And for some reason, I feel like I've heard him talk about Link Ray as, uh, as being pretty popular. Uh, and I don't, I don't know if I know the song Tail Dragger or not, but that's my guess. There you go. I'll come with Did you. We get an answer. Uh, I don't know what the answer is. I, I want I want him to tell us what they actually flew to, or as they were, uh, you know, preparing the uh, the flights. I would have said Danger Zone. <laughs> Why could it not have been Danger Zone in 1972? Kenny Loggins is, uh, you know, immortal. While we're on Movie Corner, do we know when the new Top Gun movie is coming out? Now we don't. No, sometime later this year is when it's scheduled. But you know, I watched. Uh, we had family movie night one night, and I insisted on Top Gun because the new one was coming out. Yeah, it was fun. I think it's still pretty good. It held up. It was fun. My yeah. my kids, we watched it this winter too, and my kids really enjoyed it. Yeah, mine did too. My son more than my daughter, but I don't know how much of the subtext they got. I like the uh, the Meg Ryan uh, subplot where uh, she and and Goose were a thing and then they sang in the bar and it was then they went out flew and then something happened that I won't Lord say. Goose. Spoiler. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil that fact. Is it a spoiler to talk about the volleyball? Oh man, the volleyball. Boy, that changed my life when I was 13. <laughs> I wondered what I was watching. I didn't understand out, it at the time. Went out and bought a pair of jeans and a watch. <laughs> That's right. Some and oil. headed for the beach. Yeah. Oh, mercy. All right. Let's you want to call call this one a wrap. I guess we'll do it. We'll do it. That's All right. It. I'm Chad Dodson. He's Chris Garber. You can follow him on Twitter at CGarber8. Is that right? That's me. All right. At Red Leg Radio. You can follow the podcast. 
Uh, you know, we're everywhere you find podcasts, we're there. Go find us and subscribe to us. Appreciate all of you that already have. If you want to support the podcast, please do. Patreon.com slash Red Leg Radio. We had a really good group that's uh, getting bigger all the time. And uh, we have a lot of fun, and I think it's going to get a lot more fun now that we're going to have actual baseball. Chris, any final thoughts for us? Baseball podcasts are much better when there's a baseball team. <laughs> this is absolutely true. For Chris Garber and Ralph Wiggum, this is Chad Dotson saying... So long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.